afternoon, good morning, good evening, whenever you're listening to this. This is Molecules and Shit, and this is a science podcast. I'm your co-host, P-Funk, at P-Funk and Around on Twitter. And I'm joined by your host, Koki Negra. Doctor. Sir. How was your week? Yeah, it was a week. <laughs> it was just a week? I heard it was quite eventful. Uh, this week? No. Uh, lots of stuff at work. Now, last week was one of that well, what happened last week? Uh, so I met my new grandson. That was cool. Oh, okay. And how was that? He's amazing. Did you get to sp- did you get to spoil him to your heart's content, or was it too uh, short? There was a, a family wedding, so there was a lot of activity. But I'm a shot in. Let's just say, you know, I, I'm learning this nana game. Learning, or are you just kind of already in the swing of it? No. I'm still learning. Okay. So wait, do you, do you live in the same? The, you don't know what to do with this baby yet, but I'm thinking of it. Oh, you're approaching it already. You're already on the uh, the parenting game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So wait, how far do they live right now from you? They live in Missouri, and much of our conversation was when was I coming to Missouri? You mm-hmm. see, we have to stagger visits. So my daughter-in-law's mother was there, and they want to know when I'm coming. And then I think some other members of the family want to come. I said, "Well, I'll I'll get up my spot because I'm I'm still not ready to come out there, but uh, I have a feeling I'll need to spend a week there pretty soon." Oh yeah. So wait, uh, some some from Maryland to Missouri. That's what, like two hours? That's not that far. That's not that long, right? Well, but where they live is between Kansas City and uh, some other airport. They're not close to anything. They are in the boondocks. Oh, so it's not close to St. Louis. I was thinking St. Louis. Mm, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, so you have to attach like a, a car ride to the end of that. Yes, it's just, it's going to be, you know, and I've been busy since the first year, but we'll see. I'll get a few days. Yeah, see, I'm kind of spoiled. I've never been anywhere whether it's college whether it's traveling abroad or or place where i live i've never been outside of a major metropolitan area so there's always an airport in town so i don't i'm not used to traveling with when that's not the case yeah so that that's part of the problem Mm. well you might have to start renting cars Uh, get to driving (laughs) <laughs> I'm not trying to be driving around Missouri as a black woman because, you know, I, you just don't. <laughs> well, I think first you should watch that movie, The Green Book. I heard it's a documentary mm-hmm. about how to uh, drive around the Midwest. In the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll be transported back to the 60s. Hold on. I feel like if you're in Missouri, you have transported back to the 60s. <laughs> so, yes, essentially, just just watch that movie and do what they do and you should be fine. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We were in Texas driving around, and that was not cool at all. Uh, yeah, I don't. Mm, I, I I can't speak to that. That's a little too far south to me. That's like that's like ultra south, super south. That, that's too much. Yeah, well, this is this was sort of like the the Dallas burbs, and there were just like oh, 150 South Asians in beautiful clothing making all kinds of noise in okay. a strip mall. It was great. <laughs> Okay. All right. So it's a little bit more, a <laughs> little bit more liberal. I'm guessing in Dallas suburbs. I don't know how liberal it was. I mean, you pay to rent the hall, and <laughs> they don't ask a whole lot of questions. You'd be so. surprised. That that might speak to that. That because <laughs> other places uh, might be like, nah, you're a little too brown to rent here. 
Well, apparently, well, there, there's actually a large South Asian community in the Dallas area. So, okay. And I was smack dab in the middle of it, so that that was fun. <laughs> okay, so maybe Dallas. And if you follow me on Instagram, you can see pictures of me and South Asian get up and everything. Mm-hmm. I saw you with you and your little South Asian uh, grandson. Yeah, I I I do salwar kameez pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what's the name of that? So you were hashtagging. What's the name of that uh, that dress? Is it a Pakistani or Afghani? That's called a salwar kameez. It's a it's pants and a tunic. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't do the sorry because I'm afraid it will fall off and no one needs to see that. Oh, so it's not pinned or zipped or buttoned. Saris? No. Yeah. If you if you do them right, there's no pins, there's no zippers. There's you just wrap it. Oh, okay. So it's like the, ready for that. Yeah, it's like in, it's like in Africa. If you don't know how to wrap it, then you're gonna have a malfunction. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I'm afraid of. With salwar, there's like a drawstring for the pants, and it's a whole shirt, and nothing's falling off. Okay. Yes, that sounds much safer. I I would, I would yeah. also go that route. <laughs> yes. Yes. Trousers were invented for a reason to prevent malfunctions. Mm-hmm. But it, it was nice anyway. So yes, this is not it's the fashion hour. That's true. <laughs> so we will get to the the science. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the science. So apparently, since we're quickly approaching the apocalypse and the end of the world, um, scientists have decided to help us out. They've done some research, and apparently, we can switch from pork to crickets. Yeah. So it sounds like uh, since we'll be running out of, well, meat's going to be more and more expensive and it's very harsh on the environment. So they decided to help us out by saying we should see more bugs because there's lots of those. Yeah. And not only that, if you want a healthy gut, crickets might be just the best thing for your menu. A new randomized double blind clinical crossover trial has found that munching on the protein rich insects increases healthy gut bacteria and may reduce inflammation in the body. This is great news, right? Yeah. <laughs> you you don't sound enthused. I don't understand. Okay. This is science so, helping us. Uh yeah, but it's bugs. Uh-huh. And I say this as a kid who actually used to eat chocolate covered ants. Oh, and yeah, that's right. Mhm. I've had a I've eaten a bug or two. You know, that was the thing back then. This None of this is new. Eating insects was real big in the, in the late 70s, too, because everybody was, same story, the population is growing, and we need another protein source. And apparently in other parts of the world, people do eat bugs a lot. <sighs> but, uh, yeah, I, no. So, <laughs> if they had a way of making it not look like you're putting a giant bug in your mouth, I might try it. I feel like what's coming next is they're going to mash it, kind of like cauliflower rice. They're just going to put it in a food processor with a little bit of olive oil, make like a tahini, a cricket tahini. Well, actually, <laughs> actually, they you can buy um, you can buy flour, cricket flour now. Oh, really? That seems to be the that's the new thing. Yeah, you can buy cricket flour. I guess you no, know, you use it instead of flour or in addition to flour to beef up the, the protein in your. You know, now and wait, things. does it rise like flour? If I put I yeast in, because I'm not trying to buy it. <laughs> I'm okay. Now I'm really curious. Can I make cricket cupcakes? If you do, please don't ever tell me about it. 
Yes, I will tell you after. Just you know, I was just say, well, how does this taste? And then if it gets the thumbs up, then I can let you know. I that... won't be eating anything you cook. Okay. <laughs> What's wrong with cricket cupcakes? It's good for your back. It's good for the biome. Um, you know, basically what they're saying is that it's the bacteria that's in there. So I just soon take the bacteria cattle and eat the. No. <laughs> but I mean, oh, but re- look, it says research suggests that our bodies are actually really good at digesting them. Not to mention they are nutritionally rich, packed with protein, vitamins, minerals, and healthy fats. I'm, I'm failing to see the downside here. It's a bug. And that's all you got? Yes. <laughs> but I, I think if it's mashed into flour, well, I mean, most people these days probably haven't even seen what an actual wheat stalk. They don't know it's just flour. They don't have to know where it comes from. Well, I think they could just call it protein be... flour, and people won't even know. Well, but that's what they have to do. But the place where I buy, like I buy, um, I buy uh, turbinado sugar. Yes. From this place called Nuts.com, and they have this, stuff, but it's like seventeen dollars a pound. And if I were interested in it, I'm not interested in it. Seventeen dollars a pound. Yeah, it's expensive. Oh, well, well this maybe is not 17, oh, but it's expensive. This is not a good alternative to uh to meat then. If it's that expensive, Jesus. Yeah, it's not free. No, but Although I thought the they were plentiful so it would be w- cheap. Yeah, I I feel like you're just my, trying to well, rain on my cricket. You're trying to rain on my cricket parade. That's what it sounds like. I I'm so sorry. You know, I support you in your efforts to get more cricket into your diet. Mm-hmm. I really do. And you go right ahead. And good for you. I'm going to be the George Washington Carver of Bugs. I'm going to make me some cricket butter. And I think Yay. I think it's I'm just going to be really popular. I'm going to make a lot of money. And I won't share with you because you would hate okay. it. What did I say? I support <laughs> you in your cricket. I support you. I do. Okay. Well, I guess I can but, share some of the cricket profits with you then. You didn't even have to share the profits with me. I just don't want to eat it all. Okay. Well, I don't know who I'm going to find to taste test it then. Not me. I guess I'll just um, have to do it myself. <laughs> but actually, I mean, there there is a lot of interesting um, data associated with this. It's just they used crisp flour. They weren't trying to feed nobody the bug. <laughs> they I mean, even they know this bug good. Well, yeah, I mean, that's fair. But also, I mean, we do use bugs. Uh, first of all, honey is full of bug bits. That we They've already established that. And then also, um, isn't red food dye made from like a beetle? Um, if you get the natural stuff, yes. Okay. So it sounds like we're already eating bugs in certain capacities. So mashing them into a flower doesn't sound that far off. In so a good way, right? They're, they're looking at um, uh, liver function tests and inflammation and changes in the, in the microbiome. So are, do you have different bugs in your stool now? Okay. And 
what they've chosen is actually kind of interesting. Um, TNF alpha is really sort of associated with inflammation, and inflammation is actually not a good thing to have in your body. So, can I have a question? Can you kind of briefly just kind of touch on what exactly is inflammation? Are they talking about swelling? Because that's what I think when I hear inflammation. Well, that is part of it. So, let's see. Inflammation is rubber, pallor. So, things get hot, they get red, they get swollen. Mm -hmm. And that's usually your body trying to fight off something. Okay. Um, You know, if you think about if you scratch yourself, Mm -hmm. especially if you scratch yourself enough to, to draw blood. Yeah. The first thing that happens is your skin gets hot. It gets red. You know, it's, it's shooting out a lot of um, cells and uh, cytokines, which are, you know, uh, chemicals, talk to cells. And it's trying to deal with the... The, um, the injury. Wound. Yeah, the wound, the injury. So if you have inflammation where you can't see it, there's some sort of wound or something going on in there. Okay. So that's how, so they use DNF alpha to, to see what kind of levels you have. Um, so if it goes down, it seems that there's less inflammation and that's always good. So that's what I was confused by. So how is the reaction? So in, inflammation sounds like your body's defense mechanism or healing mechanism. How is that? the cause of, uh, they said it can include ailments such as cancer, depression, Alzheimer disease, and inflammatory bowel disease? How is inflammation causing those things? Okay, I don't know that they're causing them. They're a symptom of them. Oh, okay. I know the depression that's completely out of my area of expertise, mm-hmm. uh, as is Alzheimer's. Um, but yeah, you see inflammation quite a bit in, in cancer and certainly in bowel disease. So they're looking for certain, they're all looking for certain things. So the TNA alpha is involved in so much stuff that um, just the lowering of it is interesting, but they're a long way from being able to explain how all of this works. Okay, so they just know that inflammation is present in these ailments and anything that reduces it is a good thing. Is that kind of what they're saying? Maybe a good thing, yeah. Okay. But at this point, they're not even at that. Point. They're at the point, hey, we noticed if we feed you, your DNF alpha goes down. Okay. And, you know, all studies have to have a beginning. Every is not the end of the story. Right, right. So this is the beginning. Um, but I think for me, what's most interesting is it really does change what kind of bacteria is responding in your, in your GI tract. Um, and one of the things that, that you know about the microbiome is what you eat affects it. Mm-hmm. And so whatever this cricket flower um, seems to produce in the gut, the bifidobacter likes it. Now, it could be that the flower is full of bifidobacter. I don't know. I haven't read the paper. Mm-hmm. But this is one of those protective bacteria. So your gut is full of, you know, thousands of different kinds of bacteria. Some of them are associated with better GI health than others, and this seems to be one that's associated with pretty good GI health. Okay. All right, so it looks like something that they can continue to delve into, maybe checking with spiders, ants, other things that possibly we could start eating. Yeah, I don't 
I can tell you for damn sure I won't be eating any spiders. Really? I feel like really? they would be, wouldn't they be the cleanest bugs? No. Oh. I'm not, look, no spiders. Okay, how about ants? If you get me drunk enough, you might get me to try some some cricket flower cupcakes, maybe. Okay. But spiders, no. Hell no. Okay, how about ants? Uh, I mean, yes, I told you that. Okay, so if they make some ant butter or something, then you might be in on that. Mm, butter, no. Just go ahead and give me the chocolate covered ones. I'm eating them. They're fine. Okay. It tastes like peanuts. I mean, it, you can't really tell. Okay. I'm just, I am just think we need to have alternatives because uh, they're not even, as we can see in the, the next article, the food supply may be in danger. And you think crickets will be cleaner? I, you know what? I'd rather pick some crickets out of my backyard than eat some uninspected romaine because romaine is out here killing niggas. So <laughs> I ain't never heard not nay person die from eating a cricket. Hasn't happened yet. But uh, yeah, so what I'm talking about is the uh, the government shutdown, which is now the longest shutdown in U.S. history. Um, the FDA has had to cut back on some food inspections. Uh, yeah, see, the FDA is part of the government that is shut down. Oh, you mean the thing that, that my taxes pay for? That nobody got a check this week? Oh, so it's not just government waste. They actually do things that help me and people I care about. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah, so I was so happy this fall because the labor HHS education bill passed early before mm-hmm. the end of the fiscal year. We all, all of us who work in sort of healthcare-related stuff, we're all dancing around. This is so wonderful. But the MDA is not part of HHS. Um. And and the FDA is part of the uh, Department of Agriculture, is that right? Uh, no, I don't think Food and Drug is Ag. Mm, let me check and see. I thought I'm it was. Sure. I, I thought it was under the Agriculture Department, but uh, it might be. It might be. However, um, the the problem is, yeah, foods and drugs. That's kind of important. Yeah, I'd say both of those are critical to human survival. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that. Yeah. Where's the wiki for this? Oh, here we go. Food and Drug Administration. Uh, oh, it is part of HHS, but that's not part of that uh, allocation? No. Oh. What, now, why would it be separate? Is it just because of the the agency and that particular mission it has? or? the way that the agencies are, are set up, but this is really kind of scary. Um, yes. So let me let me just read the, the intro and then you can speak on it. Uh, so it says the Food and Drug Administration has stopped routine food safety inspections of seafood, fruits, vegetables, and many other foods at high risk of contamination because of the federal government shutdown. Dr. Scott Gottlieb, the agency's commissioner, said on Wednesday. FDA inspectors normally examine operations at about 160 domestic manufacturing and food processing plants each week. Nearly one-third of them are considered to be at high risk of causing foodborne illnesses. Foodborne diseases in the United States send about 128,000 people to the hospital each year and kill 3,000, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. That was when they were inspecting. Yeah. So while inspections were active, 128,000 people were still getting sick and 3,000 were dying and now we're not inspecting. 
So, yeah. Yeah, and the FDA is woefully understaffed and underfunded. They get an awful lot of their money from user fees, from drug companies. Mm. And so they're very much beholden to a lot of them. Mm. But the rest of their budget is completely federal, and they've gotten the finger for the last 22 days. Yeah. But, I mean, we did have the longest shutdown in history. Woohoo! Made history. Yeah. People got checks that said zero today or yesterday. That is not okay. Yeah. But her emails, though. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They were both the same, different sides of the same coin. They're the same. They're all the same. Yeah. That's it. They're all the same. And it says domestic meat and poultry are still being inspected by staff at the agriculture department, but they are going without pay, which means they're not inspecting it very deeply probably and that also makes them highly susceptible to bribes and graft and other sorts of manipulation so well i would okay so i wouldn't go so far as to say that usda inspectors are going to go rogue mm-hmm. because they miss one paycheck True. however people got to live mm-hmm. and you know i would not impugn the the ethics of our federal government works. I'm just saying that if you now have to worry about the gas to drive you to the thing you're going to invest, you might start thinking about how to make things short. That's but I exactly real quick. And, you know, so I can get to my weekend job or something along those lines. That, you know what? That that's correct. I didn't want to make the impression that they would just start, you know, taking uh, money under the table. But I would say that they, if you're not getting paid, the incitement to, you know, do your job thoroughly and spend as much time as required. So say there's an inspection that, you know, requires some additional paperwork. Are you really going to, you know, make sure that you document that and push forward on that? Yeah. And the other thing, it's important to to realize that the ag department does meat and FDA does the rest of the food. Hmm, Which is... That's an interesting division, but hmm. it's a totally, something to talk about, I guess, elsewhere. It's, no, it's a totally everybody was grabbing for what they could get kind of thing in Washington. Oh, okay, that's not even new. It doesn't. You're right. It doesn't make sense. All the food should be somewhere, but agriculture is big, and they have a big mouth, and they get what they want, more or less. That's why I thought food and drug would be under. Actually, food and drugs should be separate. I mean, that just seems like totally different branches or types of regulation. Um, yeah, but you go right ahead and uh, do about that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not even going to bother trying to petition this government for anything because it may not be here for very long. But I'm just saying food should be under agriculture and drugs should be under HHS. That just makes sense. It, well, yeah. The um, And I don't know if you saw this, but the former FDA directors have have had some things to say about this. Mm. What have they said? Um, they had a study. Of, um, I forget what the study was about, but they kind of all got together and said, uh, yeah, you might want to open the government back up. Oh, well, yeah, that would be smart. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so there's a, a little graphic here, because um, I'm looking at this on the New York Times. 
Um, there's a little graphic that shows like how as the shutdown has progressed, different things have been slowly grinding to a halt. So on December 22nd, the FDA stopped their routine inspections. So it's been about almost three weeks since they stopped doing that. So that food's definitely in the food supply. Um, FEMA tells their contractors to stop working. So let's hope there's no major uh, snowstorms or floods or mudslides or anything. Um, SEC slows reviews of stock offerings. So yay for piracy. Let's uh, steal more money from the taxpayers. Uh, the FCC suspends their operations. Uh, I would need probably someone with more expertise to outline the ramifications of that. And then January 4th, TSA workers started calling in sick. Because yeah. I would too. Yeah, yeah. not, not going to be groping strangers for free. Sorry. <laughs> the people who will for free, you got to be worried about them. I, listen. If some the person who is humming on his way to work to to grope up on people and not get a check, yeah, you got to look at that dude. Mm-hmm. He needs Nasty. a yeah, exactly. He needs some further inspection himself. But yeah, so uh, we're all gonna die, and this is why we need to start eating crickets. Um. Yeah, but uh, my guess would be that the crickets would have to be inspected too. So. Uh, but yeah, so the the former FDA uh, directors have. Been, the FDA needs to be open and it needs to be um, independent and not listening to craziness from the White House. I mean, they were nice about it. They wrote it beautifully, but they're like, yeah, you don't tell them what to do. They need to be independent. So, yeah. It's been. This shutdown is just bad. I mean, it just sounds like we haven't even felt. We've, we've been kind of shielded from a lot of the ramifications because it kind of fell on the holidays when a lot of things are kind of closed down or slowed down anyway so a lot of people people haven't attention right people haven't really noticed yet but if it goes on another pay period another two weeks then it's going to be a whole other discussion and already i'm hearing in the news people are starting to try to like blame the democrats because they realize blaming the republicans doesn't do anything so now they're trying to blame the democrats you know, saying, well, it's like, well, why don't you guys just compromise and give him something? No, they're okay, because at some point, they're going to be like, okay, uh, people have no money. We have to do something. Because they will never just stand and decide, no, we don't care. We're going to stick to us. That's exactly what the Republicans do. Yeah. No matter what's going on, they stick to the plan. Hmm. So, I just wish the that they, I, I just wish they paid a price for it. That's the but thing. They, won't. they, they But they won't. Exa- exactly. They really won't. The other thing I found interesting about the story, so this story was was, um, reported across multiple platforms and, you know, all kinds of newspapers. And every single time, the pictures are in an organic store. What the hell? Maybe it's because there's no plastic on stuff in the organic stores? Uh, I suspect that they didn't go out and take more pictures. They just went into what was already in their archives. They probably have, like... Because there was a lot of romaine that was poison, so they just went into their <laughs> they just went into the archives and pulled one of those pictures out. But I, I just I find it funny. It's like, uh, um, and I tell by the way the the food is stacked, which organic store it is. Oh, you think it's the same one? Well, the yes, I do. Mm. Um, but I just find it really kind of, I, and my guess would be just because usually in in the organic markets, like it. 
it was called Fresh Fields. Wait, it's not Fresh Fields. It's Whole Whole Foods. Whole Foods, yeah. Yeah, Whole Foods and Mom's Organic Market, and I forget what the other one is. I stop in at high still sometimes, but they're more photogenic. It, it might be that might be what. Well, it is. I think it's just because there's no plastic on on stuff there. When you go oh, there, yeah, all yeah, the yeah. all the greens are loose. Well, they're not loose. They're bunched up, but mm. there's no plastic on them. Whereas, like you go to a regular supermarket, the stuff is wrapped in plastic. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, like I said, I don't think they sent any photographers out to get photos for any of these stories. They literally just said, oh, "I need a picture of some produce," and they went right into their archives and said, uh, "This looks really nice. <laughs> this is nice and I green." <laughs> so I guess I just I found it fun. Every single I saw like six of these stories, and they all had one of those organic stores and the picture of the food on the shelf. One of the stories that I saw, they had a, a stack of moldy bread, and I was like, "That's accurate." <laughs> I saw that. I saw that one too. That's accurate, because that's basically um, what's what could wind up happening. Yeah, but probably not. <laughs> uh, this is this is not good. But they're looking for like rodents and stuff, <laughs> looking for mold on the bread, which happens to me every time I go to one of those fruit fruit stores. Oh yeah, that's true. When you do get uh, produce from like like moms and and Whole Foods, you have to eat it that day. You have to shop At like, least in the next 48 hours. Yeah, yep. you, you got to shop like a European when you go to those stores. It's like, I'm cooking this today. Yeah. <laughs> I already exactly. have all the other ingredients, and I'm making it tonight. Right now. Right now, this minute. Yeah, that's why I always I always find it interesting when I go on, like, on a Sunday and it's packed. I'm like, what are you all going to do Wednesday? Because all the food in your cart is going to go bad. <laughs> oh, you have to cook it all that day. I guess. You have I, to do what I do. I do all my cooking on the weekend. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess you have to. Ugh. But yeah, uh, speaking of things that are making us sick and further proof that the world is doomed, um, just wanted to touch on this controversy that kind of unfolded uh, in December. Um, so the link between baby powder and cancer, specifically Johnson & Johnson talcum powder. So the signature smell is hard to forget johnson johnson baby powder a product that was once considered simple benign and ubiquitous among new mothers is now the subject of intense legal allegations over the past several years the company has been struggling with claims that its powder the main ingredient in which is talc caused ovarian cancer in a number of women who had used the product for years in july johnson and johnson paid a group of plaintiffs 4.69 billion dollars in damages now, just reading that, me knowing nothing, me having no scientific background, I would say that um, why is Johnson Johnson's baby powder still on the shelves? Clearly, it causes ovarian cancer. Is is that correct? Or probably not. Okay, so what am I missing? Okay, so this is a great story. It's not one I wanted to to talk about, but I realized this is a good story because it ties so many things together. Mm, okay. So there's the whole your Yahuha is nasty, you need to have powder on it mm. that so many of us were brought up believing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, to spread a little powder in your panties or something, you know, when of a certain age we were brought up to do that. Okay. And so there's the whole system, there's something wrong with your, your kitty just the way it is, you mm. need to fix it. There's, there's that problem. Okay. Um, there is the idea that Johnson and Johnson, which is our baby, we, we, 
cover our babies in Johnson & Johnson products. So we are assuming that this is the safest possible thing that you can find. Yeah, they have the shampoo, the baby shampoo, the baby lotion, and the powder. You, you basically do cover your child in Johnson & Johnson products for like the first mm -hmm. couple years of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is, you know, this is like eating Cheerios, you know, supposed to be very, very safe and you trust your child with it and everything. So there's the, the, the whole branding of Johnson & Johnson, which, by the way, is a humongous company and they do way more stuff than just baby stuff. Right. Um, but this is how we know that. Mm -hmm. You used to have cute little babies in the bathtub on TV and their commercials and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Right. The other thing is how difficult it is to point to a certain thing and say that it causes cancer. Mm. Um, and then finally, the difference between what you can get someone to believe in a courtroom versus what you can prove as a scientist. Mm. So all of that is tied up in this particular story. Yeah, because I think for uh, for civil um, uh, trials, particularly, I believe the standard of evidence, and I may be wrong, I have to look into it a little bit. I believe the standard of evidence is the preponderance of the evidence, which is basically more likely than not. That's usually the standard of proof that you have to achieve in order for a judge or a jury to uh, rule in your favor. Well, unfortunately, I don't even think we can reach that. But. Wow. Okay. So it's not even more likely than not. I think what Johnson & Johnson got hung up on is not that their product causes cancer. There's, there's not a lot of data to suggest that ovarian cancer has any connection to asbestos, which is what the problem seems to be. Right, the presence so, of asbestos in the product. Right, mm. right. And, and the way I've, I've read quite a bit of, of this information just randomly before you decided that you wanted to talk about it, mm -hmm. um, and it's... What it looks like to me is so the way you have to drill for talc, it sometimes gets contaminated with asbestos. Oh, how, how is, much? Is asbestos naturally occurring near talc? Yes. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it is. Well, that would explain it. So that's not a that's not a problem with their uh, their handling of it. That just sounds like that's it's like trying to keep leaves off your apple. It's like sometimes there's leaf product on your apple because they grow next right. to leaves. Yeah. That would exactly be it. And um, so when you hear asbestos, you're like, oh, we're all going to die from cancer. Well, the thing we know about asbestos is that it causes mesothelioma and it causes um, uh, lung cancers. Mm, so specifically lung tissue is doesn't like asbestos. Right. So it's not connected to any other kind of cancer. Mm. But... The problem is that when people hear cancer, they think it's one thing, and it's not. What do you there mean? There are many different kinds of cancers. They oh, are by right. Different things. Mm -hmm. And so you just say, oh, cause cancer. Well, what kind of cancer? Oh, so you're saying that it, so might, it might, in fact, be a carcinogen, but 
it might not have caused the type of cancer that they're saying it did. Is that right? Right. Mm. But I think the reason why Johnson and Johnson got in trouble, one, it, we've talked about how we all view it as the most pure thing in the world, so it's got this reputation. Mm. Um, two, they have very deep pockets. Mm-hmm. And, um, and three, they knew there was asbestos contamination for a long time. Mm-hmm. And they didn't mention it, and I think that's what got them. So, so it's not that it this cancer. It's not that these women got ovarian cancer because of the powder. It is that they knew it was there, and they covered it up, basically. And, you know, if I were in the company, I would not tell everybody there was asbestos in my product. Yeah, I was just about to say that because it sounds like the um, the executives were kind of in a catch-22. It's like... Look, we drill rocks, we drill in the ground, we get this substance, talcum. It naturally occurs next to asbestos. We cannot get it out 100%. We know this. That's just how it is. Do we tell people or do we just keep it hush-hush because it's basically benign the way that it's intended to be used? So, I don't know. Well, I... I'm not entirely sure they couldn't have gotten the asbestos out of it. It's possible that they could have been able to filter it out somehow, but oh. it might have been expensive. And that's where companies go, no, no, can't do that. Mm-hmm. Well, no, would it have been $4.69 expensive? Well, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you can see sort of one side of it, and then if you go to Johnson & Johnson website, you can see the other side of it. Now, they have not had asbestos in their powder since like, the late 70s. Oh. So it's not even there now. Mm, okay. Um, and for the most part, most baby powder that people will buy these days is not even talc anymore. It's now cornstarch. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. It's just cornstarch? Well, it's got this... Johnson and Johnson fell in it, but yes, it's basically cornstarch now. You, they knew that ta- they knew that talc was probably not the best thing. Um, and I think you know, I would say you have to go looking for baby powder that is talc. Mm. Most of it is cornstarch still. Okay. Because it actually wasn't good to have a lot of baby powder up the baby's nose. Exactly, especially if there's asbestos in it. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, the, the level that you have to be exposed to asbestos, to get mesothelioma, you have to be working in the plant. You mm. have to be doing big construction projects. You know, this is not the kind of thing that you, you walk by and you get it. Sir, mm. all the schools I went to had asbestos until, you know, the 90s. <laughs> Yeah, and I think uh, high school was built in the fifties. I'm pretty sure there was still asbestos in it. And this is starting to, like you said, it sound, it ties a lot of things together. But it's sounding a lot like a sort of a branding story, because asbestos, you still see the commercials with people trying to build class action lawsuits, asking, "Has you have you been exposed to asbestos? Call, you know, call this number, so we can you know talk to you and put you on this class action, because asbestos has that reputation that it it's a carcinogen and it's lethal." Never want to be anywhere well, near it asbestos. Is lethal if, it, it's lethal if you are exposed to it, like like somebody who made it. So mm-hmm. the people who come who come down with mesothelioma, 
they were making, they were working with it in in a in a plant or like they had real exposure to it. Mm. It's not necessarily the kind of stuff that would be an issue if you're walking by it at school. You know, mm. you really got to get a nose full of it. Mm. And these people who are working close to it in the plant, a lot of them really have suffered with it. And, you know, mesothelioma kills you, and, you know, it would be good for for there to be some settlement for your family. Yeah. Yeah, it says here, you know, but, even in the article, exposure to large amounts of asbestos, especially over long periods of time, has clear and documented health effects. But the asbestos exposure experienced by regular talc users is on an entirely different order. Mm-hmm. So women who use baby powder over a lifetime had trace exposure, but dosed out over decades. Right. So even if they had taken all the talc that they had used over that entire lifetime, it would still only be a trace amount of asbestos. And they didn't right. take it all at once. They took it over decades. Right. So the scientists in this case at Johnson & Johnson were probably correct in going, it's benign. We don't need to, you know, inform the the consumer because that's a whole well, other, that's a whole other thing to try to convince the consumer that asbestos is benign that that's a whole other thing but the thing is when it's the johnson and johnson scientist nobody's going to believe that mm. you know how people are right. they're like oh well but it's 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 big pharma and they tell you anything and you know they were the wrong people to try to make that mm. argument so Basically, what they did was, okay, we got rid of all the asbestos in the 1970s because it's not even worth trying to make this. Right. It's like a it's buck fifty so- a bottle or whatever. You know, who cares? Yeah. Well, no, it's just that, that you you can't, you can never win that argument. So mm-hmm. they just got rid of it. So this was about, you know, well, you had it back in the 70s and you didn't tell us. Right. Um, like I said, it's hard to even find baby powder that's talc now and even then they had stopped using the whatever the process was that got it contaminated with asbestos a long time ago like in the 70s hmm. like before we were born there was no asbestos in baby powder hmm. and the, so there was one thing about the the FDA's role that I thought was interesting so it says the New York Times, according to the New York Times, the FDA last tested commercial products that contain talc for asbestos back in 2010 and found no trace element. However, private experts on behalf of lawyers for plaintiffs have found independent tests and did detect asbestos in the talc products. Now, routinely, the FDA does not test consumer products for safety because they are not prescription drugs and are not claiming to treat or cure a condition. These products do not need to comply with the same safety regulations as pharmaceuticals. Rather, private companies typically comply with the Personal Care Products Council, which has stated that all talc products should be free of asbestos since 1976. Wow. Yes. I don't think a lot lot of people don't know that. I don't think a lot of people know that. Um, Possibly, possibly. I mean, I don't know why the Food and Drug Administration should test my lotion. It's not food. It's not a drug. Mm. And the mission of the FDA is very specific. But I've actually met with the Personal Care Council people. Um, you know, they wanted to 
do something with microbiology and, you know, to prove that their stuff is not going to go bad on you or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people complain about, oh, this stuff has all, all these preservatives in it. But, you know, you try to have a nice cream for your face that's full of lots of fatty acids to see if it doesn't go bad if you don't have something in there. Right. You know, if I pay $20 for face cream to get rid of my wrinkles and after three weeks it's full of mold, I'm pissed. Yes, and you want a refund. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we want everything and we just can't have everything. Yeah. But, you know, so but, while while we're on this topic, um, I, I really want to say a little bit about cancer because I think awful lot of people just sort of hear cancer and it's all shame and, you know, um, you, you really have to be careful about listening or reading these articles and conflating all kinds of things together. Okay. So we know smoking causes lung cancer, you know, causes other things in the cardiovascular system, but it causes lung cancer. Okay. But smoking is probably not going to give you lymphoma or lymphoma. Uh, uh, GI cancers or cancer of the brain, like they're all very different. Mm. And cancer is usually part, you have to have a bunch of building blocks come together before this happens. So sometimes it's environmental, like asbestos, right? If you're exposed to something, you may get this disease. You often sometimes have to have a genetic component, so you have to have the genes for certain kinds of, of cancer. So, you know, we've we've seen in the last, say, 15 to 20 years, they found several cancer, several genes that are associated with breast cancer in, in certain populations. Now, um, so maybe you, maybe you can clarify, like, because my understanding of cancer is that it is one cell or numerous cells that have gone rogue and continue to multiply without the normal controls or outside the normal controls that the body has. How is that what tied? What causes them to go rogue? Yeah, but how is that tied to your genetics, per se? Does that mean you well, have a genetic disposition you to your cells going rogue? Yeah, sometimes. Oh. Um, so, you know, there are, each one of us has roughly the same genes, but they're not always exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Right. For example, let's, let's take something simple that has no cancer. We all have blood. Right. Right. Yes. We all have blood cells. We don't all have the same blood type. Right. But we have blood. Well, all the genes in your body are kind of like that. Mm. So maybe you're B type blood or you're A type blood or you're O or you're some combination. They're all functional, but they're not all the same. And so you can look at people with different blood types, and there are different predilections for certain things based on your blood type. Well, it's the same way with all the cells in your body. They're not all exactly the same. So you may have a certain gene from your mom and a certain gene from your dad, and the way your body developed gene that you may have is a little different from both of them. Right. Um, and so... Many of the, the genes that we, we have are responsible for signaling their cells, um, developing into different kinds of cells. And so if you've got one amino acid difference 
you may not necessarily have any issues for the rest of your life, but maybe that little bit of a change if it's an insult to this particular kind of cell, maybe it turns cancer or faster. So let me ask you, um, would it be fair to say generally that cancer is caused by exposure to some foreign element, whether it's a bacteria or a virus or some sort of foreign material or radiation, cancer is generally caused by exposure. Is, would that be accurate or fair? That is part of it, yes. So you can be exposed to any of these things, but if your body does not respond in a certain way, it may not turn to cancer. Mm. So it's, it's genetics, it's environment, and it's um, injury. Mm. So then could their case be that, well, look, asbestos and talc, may not cause cancer, but these people who were genetically predisposed to it were exposed to asbestos when they should not have been and got cancer. I'm sure they could try to make that, Mm. but we don't have any data that suggests that asbestos is connected to ovarian cancer. We just Mm. don't know that. Mm. So they're making the argument in the absence of facts because we just don't know that Mm. and i think that might be because was this a jury case i think it was a jury trial and that may have been hard to uh communicate to people that ovarian cancer is different from mesothelioma or other lung cancers and i think that is that is part of the the real issue that people do not understand very complexities of cancers Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you don't, if you don't see that these are all like thousands of different kinds of cancers, you just hear like, you've probably heard that saccharin causes cancer. Right? Yeah, I've heard that. Mm-hmm. In white mice. Yeah. If you feed them pounds of saccharin a week. Mm. Right? right. So everything that we see that is hot. Possibly, or probably even um, a carcinogen, you have to go back and look at the studies. The reason why saccharin is not off market is because they've never found that saccharin caused cancer in people, just in white mice. But it's still considered an inferior product, and it's, it's actually rare that people will select, please give me some sweet and low. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, first of all, it doesn't even taste that good. Second of all, yeah, but if you hear, well, you know, it could cause cancer, you're just going to pass it. Yeah, exactly. But there has been absolutely no linkage to cancers in people who eat, who use saccharin. Mm. So, but, you know, you heard it once 15 years ago and you're like, I'm off that. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what happens. You know, you heard a piece of it somewhere halfway and you're like, okay, that's it. Well, I think also, though, I think it makes a difference when there are literally dozens of uh, alternatives. So if you're in the sugar aisle and you're looking at saccharin and NutraSweet and uh, Splenda and natural sugar and turbinado sugar, why would you choose the one that even moderately has some minor linkage to cancer? Why would you pick that one? 
Whereas if it was something, say for instance, maybe honey was connected to cancer, I think it'd be harder for people to give that up because honey's a very particular product. You know what I mean? I think that might have something to do with it. Well, I mean, it it certainly could, although I see plenty of saccharin all over the place these days. Mm. Um, But I think, you know, because these are all so different, all of these conditions are different, and we view them as just, oh, it's just cancer. Yeah. Um, I think that somebody saw asbestos making the pair, it must have caused cancer in the ovaries. Yeah. And it's easy to convince a jury of that because yes. everyone knows and, asbestos is bad. behind it. Yeah. None. Like, none. So, you know, I think the, the thing to remember about cancers is they're all different. Um, and they almost always involve some injury, your genetics, and your environmental exposure. So you can control for certain things. You know, obviously you work in a... In a in an asbestos plant, if you don't have to, mm. um, don't smoke, uh, stay off smoked meats and things if you can. Uh, so th- that's the stuff you can control for, but you can't control for your genetics. Right. You so, know? You, so you could be the person who is not predisposed at all to whatever carcinogens are in smoked meats, but the person next to you could be. Right. So you could eat bacon every day for the rest of your life and never get it, but the person next to you could eat it a few times and be susceptible. Yeah. Mm. Like, I'm reading off the stuff because my uncle had polyps, mother had colon cancer. I'm not trying to mess with that. Right. So, you know, like, I know what my genetic risks are. Mm. So I'm not playing around with it. But, you know, for other people, and it may never fall to me that way anyway, but why take the chance? True. So, you know, I eat bacon like four times a year. And I love bacon, but not worth it. Mm, that's debatable. No, I don't want to die. <laughs> like, I see my mother through, through chemo. No, thank you. It's all right. Yeah. But, yeah, that's that's the thing. And another thing that I, w- I really want to suggest to the listener, please, for the love of God, get your reading and your studies in scientific areas from real scientists. Mm. I am so tired of these natural cure websites. They look good. They're beautiful. And, you know, you may not be able to tell that there's no science involved in any of this. Mm. And that's exactly the same as, remember when we talked about the nurse who doesn't want anybody to have to take the flu vaccine? Yep. Because doctors, even doctors know it's fake. All over the place and Mm. not in one scientific page that we could find. Yeah, I had to, I had to hunt for that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I just said I had to hunt for that. That wasn't available on any reputable website. So, you know, if you want to look at cancer studies and want to understand what causes cancers, how, how you can avoid them if at all possible, stick with places that actually understand cancer. So the American Cancer Society has a wonderful website, and it's very accessible to people who are not researchers and not scientists, they've done a wonderful job of even talking about this ovarian cancer linked to powder. So that's a good place to go. Um, the National Cancer Institute has a web page that is um, part of NIH where you can follow some of these. The CDC has a 
great site, and they do, I mean, most of the time when I'm talking about the CDC, I'm talking about infectious diseases, but this is public health overall. They, they have cancer pages where you can go and, and read up on things. But try to stay with reputable places. This, you know, natural cancer cure, or none of that stuff has actual scientists who work in this area. They're just telling you whatever they think they heard, they read, they saw, and nine out of ten, they're trying to sell you some product. Right. If you just eat all of these kinds of vegetables, you'll never get cancer. You know, just whenever there's a one solution for everything, it's a lie. Yeah, I, I think I would say I would piggyback on that, and I would just say I think a lot of the issues and why you still get those you know ignorant questions is because there's a lot of mistrust of just science in general people don't like to feel dumb and natural cures is something that people can grasp and it sounds right and you're talking about you know variables and you know genes and things i can't see and you're saying this maybe this and maybe that i like certainty and surety and i think people just as a society, we just need to be more comfortable with science and the rigor of science and the slower pace of science. That's just something we well, have to be more that, comfortable with. That's certainly part of it, but I, I even see that as a much larger issue, not only science, but with a lot of things. Everything mm. is not a sound bite. Yeah. You can't just say, do this and everything will be fine, or don't do this and everything will be fine. Everything is complicated. Your entire life is complicated. Mm -hmm. Why should everything else just be check the box, A, B, C, or D? Mm. And I think once we, I don't know where we got to the point where everything was supposed to be easy and you had to tell it to me in 140 characters and tweet or it's just too much for me to learn. I, I don't know where that came from, but we had to get rid of that. Well, I would we say are, there's, too stupid. <laughs> there's one sliver where I think, so do you remember back way in back in the day before Elizabeth Warren was a politician and before she was um, now running for president. Uh, I remember she made the case that, for example, credit card applications and contracts are way too complicated and they don't need yeah. to be. And, yeah. she, and she was all for simplifying it onto a single piece of paper because this is what the consumer needs to know and that's all it really is you know, binding for them. So why don't we make it easy for them to understand? I think the reason why that caught on and why, you know, credit cards actually started doing that to, in some respect is because people do appreciate, like, things don't need to be complicated. They can be simple. And I think that's really a sort of powerful and compelling. And I think it applies to other things where it shouldn't. So some things well, in I science think, just can't be simple because we don't fully well, understand it yet. That's, but I think you think I'm going further than I am. I, I'm all for simple. I can give you an elevator speech about what my research was or what I, my job is now. I can do this. Mm. Um, now, it's not, you're not going to understand everything. I can give you bullet points. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm. Um, I'm talking about people have decided that if you can't say it in like five minutes, then it's too much for me to ever know. Mm. I had this argument with, with a relative. Well, I can't trust anybody on the news, so I just don't watch the news. You cannot <laughs> do that. Mm. 
Yeah. You know, you just, you can't. And, and I think we, we are much, these days, we are just much too likely to throw up our hands and give up on anything that takes more than two minutes to learn. Uh, we do it on Twitter every day. Oh, he's trash. Yeah. Canceled. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and, you know, that is, that's becoming a serious problem because when we get to the complex issues like this mm-hmm. that take five, more than two minutes to, to understand that all cancer is not the same and something that causes one kind of cancer doesn't necessarily cause all kinds of cancer. And, you know, people will say, well, I don't care. I'm going to do it. Well, okay, fine. But, you know, for $55 billion whatever it was, yeah. Maybe you should try to figure out what's really going on. Yeah. And I think, you know, we are, are rapidly losing the ability to look at nuance. Hmm. And that's scary. Yeah. I think we just didn't realize it's, it's like we didn't realize how sick we were until 2016. <laughs> we saw all the signs, but we didn't realize. No, I knew. I wasn't aware of the extent. I knew we were sick. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're definitely, this is an issue that we have. We, t- we talked about it many times, but mm-hmm. it didn't really, the extent didn't really hit me until 2016. Yeah, I mean, the minute, the minute our pre- now president announced, I said, well, he's going to win. And everybody laughed at me. I'm like, no, no, you have not been paying attention. He will win. I didn't laugh. I said, I don't think all the Republicans are that stupid. That's what I said. I wasn't, I wasn't even relying on vote. I wasn't even relying on voters. I was just saying, you know, the Republican Party won't allow that. That's their party. Of course, that they wouldn't do that. But uh, yeah, apparently they were tired of losing. So Yeah, I fought with my boss who has 50 years in D.C. as a policy wonk. She's probably the smartest person I know. And we fought about it for months. I'm like, no, he's going to win. You don't understand. Mm. He's going to win. And uh, I think a lot of us saw it coming. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was Cassandra for for like two years. And I said, it. He's going to win. Yeah, I've been, I've been preaching. I've been telling people that it doesn't matter what's in the Mueller report at this point. Well, I mean, no, it, you're well, right. well, to, you're right. let me, let me, let me clean that up. So it does matter what's in the report. I think that if you're hoping that the report will come out and his supporters will flip, then you're wasting your time. They will never flip. Right. So that's why, I mean, all the Democrats talking about, oh, we shouldn't impeach him until the report comes out. I'm like, you might as well impeach him now because it really doesn't matter. <laughs> what's in the report? Because it's not going to no change reason. the minds of anybody. Everyone already has well, picked a side. There's no reason to impeach in the House because the Senate is still run by Republicans. So if they impeach, it's just going to be like Bill Clinton. I think there's something symbolic about that, though. It is. I wouldn't say it's not worthwhile. You know what I mean? So, I don't think it's worthwhile. Uh, I think. I'm I think historically, about- I think historically, it is worthwhile to say that this party stood up and made the case to the American people and the other party resisted. I think there's something worthwhile to that rather than just saying, well, it's not going to amount to anything, so let's not bother. But that's just... Yeah, I just... I, I'm, I want to see stuff that actually works. And that is a whole, whole lot of theater mm. for no reason. Yeah. That, that's the way I feel about it. But, you know, they'll do what they're going to do. <laughs> But when, once again, it all comes back down to respecting expertise and 
and knowledge. As we come, we seem to circle back to that every week. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> no, it's a theme because a lot of our the issues that we see circle back to that because we've allowed con men to kind of come in and run the show because we don't trust people who know what they're talking about. Yeah, that is kind of scary. Mm-hmm. But enough of that dour, dour, down news. It's a new year. And for at least one more week, we're going to continue with uh, Catch These Hands. Because when we leave and we're shaking off the earth, the animals will take over. And they're tired of our shit already. Already. So remember a couple weeks ago we talked about the elephants that were terrorizing that town? That gang of elephants? The gang? Yes, the elephant gang. They would come literally in the, in the, the dark of the night. And stomp all over their their little shacks and terrorize these villagers. Well, there's a, a rival gang now. Um, it's leopards. <laughs> so panic has gripped locals in several districts across the state of Rajasthan, owing to the rising number of leopard sightings and attacks in recent days. On Sunday, instances of big cats attacking villagers or cattle in Ajmer, Nagwar, Sikar, Udaipur districts came to light, prompting sense of heightened tensions among locals in these districts. These people cannot catch a break. I swear to God. <laughs> it was India last time too, wasn't it? it? Yes. I'm telling you, India is like, it. basically the animals are like, this is our country now. There are too mm-hmm. many of you and we've had enough. Y'all get out. The elephants are stomping on your houses. The leopards are eating you and your kids. It's just, I don't know what you're supposed to do at this point. A gun is not enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, they these are people who need a wall. If you're talking yeah. about a wall, <laughs> I think this is what this is what it's actually called for. Uh, do you ever own a cat? I tell. Cats can jump walls. <laughs> oh, wow! Cats jump, jump really high. <laughs> I mean, if it's a ten foot wall, you tell me a leopard can get over it? Hell yeah. Oh, wow. I can't jump six six feet, and he's a little cat. Oh, well, I got, I got nothing for you, though. To like, he jumped to the top of the refrigerator. Okay, I got, no, I got no, nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing for you, then. They're, they're just dead. I, I don't know what yeah, to tell you. <laughs> because the, the, the wall has to be at least 25 feet high to keep the cat from being able to jump it. I, so honestly, if you... If you're one of these villagers and you've woken up in the middle of the night to thundering elephants stomping through your village, and then the next night, you know, having your dog dragged away and then, you know, a, a leopard, like, try to claw you in half, what's your next step? You come to America. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but America's not necessarily when safe either because we have, we have, you know, racist bumpkins. So that's that's a whole other challenge. Yeah, but you might survive that. I mean, when the elephants came calling, I would pack my shit. That's just me. Yeah, that's that's a wrap. I'd have been like, we're going to Mumbai. That's it. Yeah, I, I think the village is forfeit at this point. You, you mm-hmm. just you just got to move to the, the capital. You just got to move to Delhi and just go, it, it's a wrap. I tried. The mm-hmm. farm is theirs now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll just go wait tables. This is I, I've had enough. <laughs> But yeah, so locals. So are, wait a minute, mm-hmm. but the mortality rate has gone from 331 people. Wait a minute, that's way too many people to begin with. Mm-hmm. To 460 people last year. Yeah. See, mm, 
I mean, it's it's strategic, I think. I think one by one, the animals are communicating with each other. And I think probably next is going to be the tigers. Because, you know, they're divas, but they'll, they'll get in on it, too. And then I, after that, it's just over. It's a wrap. See, I'm just trying to think of what kind of tribute you would have to give the leopard to keep him out of your house. Like, you know how the gangs, if you pay them a certain amount, they leave you alone? Oh, the protection racket. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. What do you do? Like, you lay a fish out every day? And then no. You, you need to start raising pigs, not to eat, but to feed them. <laughs> you just start... <laughs> You just start raising pigs and you put them on the perimeter of the village and hopefully they get fat off the pigs and just leave you alone. Well, they'll come back, that's sure. I mean, that's sort of the problem. You have to feed them out away. Oh, that's true. Uh, they know the food is there. They're coming back. I, I learned this the hard way as I used to eat some uh, stray cats where I used to live. Yeah. And so I would come from work and go in the house and then bring out some food and put it next to the trash. And not to the point where they recognized me and then they started hitting me at the bus stop. Oh. Which is, yeah. So they just blew my cover completely. There were like five cats following me as I walked. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's like, that's like DC squirrels. That That's how they roll. Mm-hmm. You're sitting there with your, your, your bag of chips and you give like a, a crumb to one squirrel and all of a sudden nope, you got his nope, six cousins. Nope, nope. Six cousins just standing there looking at you like, I mean, I I know you're not, I know you're not gonna not feed me. Come on now. Yeah, they they literally they would they saw me coming from the bus stop and they would just start coming from everywhere. By the time I got back to my apartment, which was in the back of the apartment complex, there were like five cats just running behind me. I mean, they could chase. Like, you guys are not cool. Come on, you're gonna. <laughs> I mean, their alternative is to try to chase. You know city rats and city rats are huge now so that's that's just too much work well you know where i live there's no city rats where i was in greenbelt well seabrook that time so. mm. but yeah they i think if you try to see these leopards near you that's not good because they'll start knocking on the door I'm there's not, a fish i'm i'm all out of solutions then i ain't got nothing for you it's just time yeah, to just home. move just they move to new home. delhi mm-hmm. i think we solved it there mission accomplished yeah. Pack up your stuff and go to Mumbai or LA or somewhere because this is not it. And and mark my words, America is next, and it's going to start with the raccoons. You watch. Raccoons are going to start chasing uh, people out of their their houses. See, I'm afraid raccoons are so good with their manual dexterity; they'll be in your house cooking when you come home. They'll be hacking into your computer. <laughs> like, let me ruin this bitch. No, credit. you need a monkey for that. <laughs> They'll get there. But yeah. You're right. They, they can definitely, you know, access your, your uh, Netflix queue and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure they can hack in. You need a monkey tap. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Like, I've seen open at your bottles and stuff. They can cook in your house. They can cook. Yeah, you'll come home and just say, who was slicing tomatoes? What the, <laughs> the hell? <laughs> But yes, mark mark our words. We've solved it, and we're next. It's going to be the raccoons. You heard it here first. Yeah, probably. Sorry. But yeah, uh, so that brings us to the end of another another hour in the bank. Where tell the people where to find you at. You can always find me talking trash at Koki Talk Trash, and uh, if you want to discuss more scientific issues, I'm at Koki Negra. 
And of course, you can always find us at You Know Molecules. Yes, capital U K N O W Molecules. And you can also find me uh, at P Funkin' Around on Twitter if you want to commiserate about the end of the world and how we're all going to be poisoned by our own food supply. I'm, mo- do it. I'm more and more convinced that's going to happen now. Because so. taxes and emails. But yeah. And the wall. And the wall. That's right. The taxes, emails, and the wall. That's going to be the death of our civilization. Congratulations, everyone. Y'all did this to us. Anyway, I look forward to talking to you next week. Bye.